Hello, everyone. This is Brian Kirkner with Good Dog Workshop. I'm joined once again by Carlos Marina. How are you, Carlos? Very good to be with you again. Glad to have you. So for listeners out there, new listeners, we are your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dogs. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Carlos, what is tonight's topic? Well, I'm interested in this topic because uh, I have cats. And so it's going to be about cats and dogs and can they exist? And if they can't, why not? Okay. Let me start by, because there's so much to cover in this, you know, whether uh, you should have a cat if you have a dog, or if you have a dog, you should get a cat, and how do, how do they meet, you know, what happens if they don't like each other, or, you know, anyway, so let me start with this, because I think this will guide us into the other topics, but for example, when you get clients on the phone, Brian, and they say, well, uh, I need your help, Brian, but also I have uh, a cat, my cat, for example, I've heard this a lot, and Brian, you tell me if it's different person has a cat or cats and then decide to get a dog and the cat no longer wants to be around anyone because they're maybe fearful right. and they're hiding. What kinds of questions and challenges do you get from people that may be calling you about dog advice, but then they also throw the cat in there as well? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I've covered this twice in the past week with new clients. So the first thing uh, I find out the age of the dog and, and we had spoken about this briefly earlier get a puppy, he's probably going to be a lot more interested in playing with any other creature in the house. So if you got a, an older cat, a puppy may, may not be the best choice. Or the second question for the clients would be, are you draining that dog's energy, whether it's a puppy or not? Because a dog with a lot of energy is going to be a lot more interested in either playing with a cat or chasing a, a cat. And then the third question is, Prey drive. Does the dog have right. high prey drive? Is nature, are we working against nature to try and get a, an animal who's a predator to not chase something who's running like prey? So those are the three things that I generally start with. Yeah, and absolutely. The, keep in mind that we love to see animals coexist. I mean, oh, we yeah. See them, we see them all the time on YouTube. It's fun. It's cute. And it's possible. But also keep in mind that there are real dangers, right? I've heard from many people recently since I've owned cats. I, by the way, I've not really been a cat person. Only in, my, in the last few years have I decided to adopt. But as I was adopting and asking people about their experiences with adopting, they have told me more than, on more than one occasion that their dog eventually killed their cat. And I was like, man, that is horrible, horrible, yeah, uh, that's sad. horrible news. And of course, a lot of it has to do when the, when the owners weren't home. Uh, the owners weren't present, so we don't know exactly what went down. But uh, at least twice, I think, in the last year and a half, I've heard dog killed cat. You know, and, and that's like, in that's that's interesting that you, that you say it because now that I'm thinking about it, that's when I've heard that it happens too, is the dogs are going after the cat when the owners aren't around. So that's an yep. element of the, of the problem as well. But, but anyway, well, you know, that's a, that's a, well, but let there. me, but let me dig down on that because it, it kind okay. of, it's kind of what you are a specialist at, you know, you talk to people and you get to the root of the problem. What is the root of this problem? Right. Um, obviously we want to get to this before any unfortunate situation happens where there's an animal that dies. Well, or, or even even if a cat is too scared to come out and yeah, in a corner of the house or in the garage or up in the attic for, for five weeks or something. So, yeah, we want to address it as soon as possible. Something I learned that's very interesting that 
that goes along with what we're talking about right now. Let me just share with you is uh, I have my two dogs and they're over eight years old, eight years of age. And then I decided to adopt a, I think it was 11 month old kitten, a domestic, uh, medium hair cat, whatever. Um, what I was able to observe is that the cat will kind of, just like a dog will tell you if they're uncomfortable, the cat has a lot of signs and body language gesturing mm-hmm. that they'll make. And I was glad to see that because my, my dogs were relatively calm and curious, the cat was also calm and curious. When my dogs got uh, somewhat excitable, then the cat got more defensive and recluse. Um, right. But I will, I will say this in my experience. If your cat is hiding indefinitely for days and weeks on end, it, it should tell you something. It should tell you that it, it's, gone beyond, it's gotten to a point where the cat's not just disliking the dog. It's probably fearful for its life. Right. Because I think they can pick up on that prey drive that you were talking about. And how do we sure. address that and not just let it go on and say, well, you know, the cat's just uh, shy. Yeah, or or they'll just figure it out. Yeah, no way, no way. You have to cor- correct uh, and make corrections like you would if your dog was on a leash, for example, that we talked about so many times. The same thing. It's boundaries, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. So um, if your cat is hiding, you happen to have the cat first, and cats live a long time, so that's usually the case, right? Right. You have, you have the cat first. Um, you have some impulse, and you decide you want to get a dog. And the cat no longer uh, comes around. How do we correct that situation? How do we make them meet? Or how, what do we look out for if someone were to call you about that and say, you know, I'm worried about my cat or my dog's showing signs of aggression? Well, we need to we need to get the animals to meet in some fashion. You know, it could be through a through a, the safety of a crate or through the safety of a of a gate. You know, a kennel. Um, through uh, through a fence. So I'd ask several questions along those lines to figure out how excitable the dog is, how much control does the owner have over the dog, can they calm the dog down, you know, is the dog getting exercise? And then the question I asked a client the other day, I said, does your, you know, does your cat trust you enough where you can pick it up and hold it and be near a dog or walk near walk near your dog and the lady said no and i was like okay well then we have to start really small there but i would ask those kinds of questions and then essentially what i do when i introduce vivian to a lot of lot of new clients dogs is i will pick vivian up and put her in my arms and claim her so when i walk up to a new dog i'm showing that new dog this is mine if you're gonna jump on me to get to this you're being disrespectful and i'm going to correct you for it so if the cat trust the person the owner enough to let the owner pick them up and hold it near the dogs and not scramble or scream or or, you know scratch and get feisty like that then i'd say that's a way to uh that's one way to do it that may not be the first step but to show the cat i'm confident around these dogs you have nothing to fear and to show the dogs i'm in charge of this creature in my arms you don't get to challenge me on this you don't get to be disrespectful you don't get to be anything but calm so that's kind of where i where i head when i am working with cats and dogs together so the same principles apply which i like because there's some continuity there oh yeah claiming an object in this case a cat maybe it's your food maybe it's whatever another person if if the dog becomes possessive it's nice to see that there's some consistency there claiming boundary setting but you also mentioned something that i don't want uh to go by the wayside is exercise right how many of these dogs are using the cat as exercise yeah it could it could be that they're either using it as playtime because a lot of owners out there 
I, I still don't understand this, but a lot of owners do not roughhouse with their dogs. To me, yep. it's one of the most enjoyable things to do with your dog. I certainly I enjoy it more than more than walk their dogs. But yet, drain their energy. Get to know them. Get to see how fast they are. Get your dog to to see how how quick you can be and how you can touch them here with one hand, but then touch them back here with the other, and really enjoy draining this dog's energy by being fast and racing around the house and flipping them over and you know kind of pushing them across the across the carpet and spinning them around those those sorts of things um so yeah that certainly makes sense is that is that a dog is going to use the cat as an outlet for fun or as outlet for draining physical energy so absolutely if your dog is not bothering the cat after we've walked him for 40 minutes or so, you know, there's your solution right there is you're not exercising your dogs enough. That's sometimes the case, but not, uh, but not always the case. Sometimes we had spoken about this briefly, the dog's prey drive is just so naturally high. He can't help staring and just going into the zone where you have a tough time snapping him out of it apart from, you know, a really loud, uh, verbal correction or, uh, you know, a good sharp physical correction to you know, snap that brain out of it and say, hey, stop paying attention to that and start paying attention to me. So I'd say that's the that's the hardest thing to uh, You're right. to work with a dog that has high prey drive and, and you have and, a cat in the house. Well, and I'll use the example to kind of branch off what you said that I think uh, relates perfectly. This person who told me the story about their dog killing their cat had a Belgian Malinois. Ooh, wow. That's a high-drive dog. Exactly. Goes exactly to what you're saying. Was not walked. Mm. And who knows what happened? It could have been... Honestly, who gets a Belgian Malinois that's not training it to do bite work or police work or or agility or something, you know? It's it's unfortunate, but what's that saying? People, you know, buy their problems. What's that saying that that one people oh, buy? Yeah, their, don't, yeah, don't buy your problems. Don't buy your problems or don't adopt your problems. If the breed is high energy at all, I think you you just better stay away from getting a cat, especially if you're not going to exercise or get or give the uh, dog something to do because the risk I think is just too high. And sometimes we have to have a reality check and go, you yeah. know, as much as as much as we'd like to adopt cats and they're all over the place you know everyone knows cats breathe like crazy um and they're in shelters left and right and they're cute and all that sort of thing and the youtube videos make it so that everyone wants to have these cats but if you have that situation meaning uh in this case the example i use a belgian malinois and it's gonna be bred to be intense and to have that drive and why, with a lot of energy and a lot of why put your cat in that situation it's very very unfortunate so that's one side of it Sure. Uh, and let's say you're fortunate enough to listen to this podcast before you actually uh, get the cat. What if you don't have a high energy dog and you get a cat? What would be what would be the ideal way to introduce? Is it the same as a, as dogs meeting a dog, Brian? For me, it would be, and and you know maybe that's maybe that's kind of myopic of of me is to apply the same techniques. But one of the creatures is a dog, and so that's the way that I know best. I certainly know dogs a lot better than I know cats because I've only ever owned one cat, and that was yeah. years ago. Um, but yeah, I would I would do the same thing is 
to to introduce the dog to the cat at whatever distance behind whatever safety measures you need yep. to to get his thoughts on the cat and if he perks up and staring at the cat from 30 feet away and you can't snap him out of it yeah you shouldn't be getting a cat or at the very least you shouldn't be considering that cat because each cat each dog each you know every two sets of every set of two creatures is going to have a different relationship um, but yeah, I would certainly want to want them to meet and I don't know if that's possible or not, but yeah, bring your dog to the shelter to, to meet a dog you're considering. And I yeah. would hope you could bring your dog to the shelter to, to, um, when you're considering adopting a cat too. Yeah. When I, what I did was I had these two dogs, I know them well and they're a little bit older. So what I did was I got a younger cat and just like what you talked about, I kind of did the same thing. I did a little bit of a temperament test on the cat like right. I would a dog. So if you know that your dogs are, <sighs> what's the word, older, you may not want to get a very, I don't even know if curious is the right word, but a very moody, high-energy cat, you know, or... Uh, Playful or feisty. Yeah, who knows, right? The, the, so what I this is what I did first. I handled the 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 cat that I and ultimately ended up adopting. By the way, this wasn't the first one. There were several bef- that I actually turned away after I handled them. Something about their body language, their gesturing. Their, in, well, and you and you also yeah. had some allergies with some other cats, right? That yeah, I had allergies yeah. with with some of the cats. It's really weird. Some cats <laughs> I do have allergies with, some cats I don't. But anyway, I I, I wanted to get a cat, so. What I did was, if the cat let me handle it while it was while I'm a stranger, right? And every every new person that comes into the shelter rescue place is a stranger. So while, if the cat lets me handle it and is somewhat docile, submissive, then I could I can work with that um, uh, because that that tells me that the cat is not what's the word I'm looking for, Brian? It's, it's it's a. It's gonna listen. It's gonna trust me a little bit faster than a cat that would be a little bit moodier and lash out. Lash yeah, out. yeah, ex- exactly. Is you've already established a relationship of trust with that with that cat. Yeah, and, and, at, and at, at its fearful, at its at its maybe one of its most fearful places, right? Or or vulnerable. Yeah, one of its yeah. exactly. That's a better word. Yeah. So this cat didn't. It was fearful of me, but it let me handle it. So I said, if it let me handle it. That means I can have it close to my body when I walk around. Right, exactly. While, while there is potential danger, right? The dog's being curious and what whatnot. That's what I did when the cat arrived in the crate. We put it up high, uh, for example, like on a uh, an island, kitchen island table, so it felt safe. It can and, and, you're, and you knew that your dogs don't jump on the kitchen island, right? right? Yeah, exactly. So the right, dogs, okay. already, dogs already have their boundary, but I'm not going to separate them and cause unnecessary tension. After all, you know, animals are curious, especially when it comes to their noses, right? So the cats wanted to smell what was uh, – the cat wanted to smell the new uh, animals in the house, and the dogs wanted to smell the new scent that was the cat that we brought right. in. So – and that was the, the initial meeting. I said, I said basically I put up – Put the cat up high and let the dogs come up to the uh, the counter, and they sniffed. And I'm watching both body language, and that was it. Watch the body language of the dog, and if they're curious and being natural and calm and just being dogs and want to smell, no problem. Like same and then, thing goes. And, with, yeah, yeah, and then so you're also looking at the cat too, right? At the at, same yeah, time. also look at the cat. Okay, if I'm not a cat expert, I can tell that the cat was curious, he, and he came down. 
and initiated the nose to nose. Cool, right? Right. So uh, that lasted about five six seconds until one dog flinched. <laughs> oh, one dog. <laughs> One dog flinched for whatever reason, not a big deal. Then made the cat flinch and hiss, right? So the cats right. won't do that. So it's, whatever. So the point is not to then get get take that signal and uh, remove everyone. Yeah, remove everyone now. Everyone, you know what I mean? You know, so because cats, are, as long as they're not declawed, what I've learned is that they're good at defending themselves. They will defend themselves. They're very quick. They're like ninjas. They can swat. <laughs> yeah. Very. So they're not defenseless, but you still have to step in now. I will say something I learned that's kind of funny uh, uh, in reverse because you're like, well, it's a cat. The dog started to to create to have a little bit of a complex during mealtime because they would have their food. <laughs> the, the cats would be curious, which would make the dogs uneasy because the dogs don't know, um, are they going to come after my food? <laughs> Should I snarl at them? But I can't because I'll get in trouble. So they create a little bit of complex. So I found myself actually correcting more of the cats than the dogs. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's and, but that but that's really funny because what I've noticed about you in all the all the cats that I've seen you with, you always pick a very dog like cat. Yeah, well, th- that might be a big part of it too. I'll say if people, if you can do it, pick a dog. You, cat. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a dog already, pick a cat that's very dog like. That makes the most sense and will be the be the most seamless for you. So, um, so you're paying attention to the dogs. You're reading their body language. You're paying attention to the cat. You're reading the body language, and then you said that you um you the the cat and I forget what which cat this is. Whether it's the new yeah. one, Ninja, or, or the other one. Yeah. Um. But you said that he was curious and he moved forward. And so that's part of the reason that you chose a younger cat, a kitten, right? Because that yeah. curiosity was still going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be there. And and it's great to have because you don't have all this baggage, right? Before you have um, uh, you don't have all this baggage associated with a dog that, that they may have had a bad experience. And how do you how do you uh, prevent a cat from having a bad experience with a dog or a dog having a bad experience with uh, with a cat. How do you do that? You do what I was doing. You watch right. the heck out of them very, very closely, but also be very fair, right? Even though it's mm-hmm. a cat and, it, and nine times out of ten, a cat's smaller and lighter than a dog, you still have to watch what the cat's doing. In this case, the cat was like, I wonder what that is, right? And just kept creeping in like cats do, real stalk-like, you know, just uh, low to the ground. The dog's like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to eat and this creature is approaching me. What the heck, right? Yeah, because the, so, the body yeah. language between cats and dogs is actually pretty similar. They both hunt. They both, yep. you know, play. Um, both they both predators, they, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they both roughhouse, and they play in in testing and, and building their skills to, to hunt. So there actually are a lot of similarities here. Um, you know, we're not just forcing forcing similarities on dogs and cats together. Yeah, so what I did there to prevent a bad moment to happen is I created a boundary for the cat. Right. Because what ended up happening was the little cat was just coming up to the bowl. It's like, hey, what's this? Hey, what's a snarling? Right. What most people do? What you know? They may yell. They may shout a command. No, go away. Stop it. They may remove the food bowl. Now what you've done is what, Brian? You've created you created more of a problem. Yeah, you've created an, an insecure or confused dog because he was the one growling. And he's bigger, so his teeth can do more damage. It, yeah. Even though he wasn't doing anything wrong, the cat was right. not necessarily doing anything wrong, but he did something yep. that 
could could have caused a caused a problem or was actually Absolutely. starting to cause a problem. So yeah, exactly. That's, so that's those perfect. Those are those are the moments that you have to watch out for. You don't have to be a cat expert. And maybe uh, take a couple of classes from uh, Brian for sure, <laughs> and then you'll be able to fix both cases. It's it's serious, true because that's the only thing I've used was what I known from working with from you dogs, yeah. and working with the dogs. And I said, you know what, this could be a bad situation. So I immediately got on the cat. Uh, by the way, then I got another one, <laughs> so, <laughs> but but with the same personality, and, it, right. and they got and the two cats got along. Everyone's getting along. Everything's great, right? No one bothers anybody. They both go outside. They come in. It's crazy. But yeah, it's and, great. and the, cat, the cats don't hide in the back room or anything. No, 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 no. You get no, your cat actually, three in the middle of your kitchen or dining room or something, right? Absolutely. For, today, for the first time, I snapped a picture. The little cat was uh, two months. Uh, we've had him for about three, four weeks, and he was real apprehensive around one of the older dogs that uh, is a female border collie mix. And uh, this is a little cat that came up to, to her dog bowl. Yeah. Anyway, so they had a little bit of a something, a little bit of tension there, but today I caught them for the first time on the dog bed together. <laughs> cool. No problem, right? And it's and it's beautiful when you have this harmonious existence. But guess what? You have to put in the work. And what we've learned here is number one, you want to be mindful of uh, the breed and the prey drive, like you mentioned, Brian. That's a big deal, right? Yeah, I, I I wrote that down again and underscored it here. Is this is absolutely you know refers back to our uh, our tagline here, which is know your dog. So before yeah. you do anything, before you take your dog to a dog park, before you take him out walking where there's going to be other dogs, before you introduce a new animal, whether it's a cat or a dog or a rabbit, whatever yeah. it is, know your dog. And then what Carlos is talking about is stay there in the thick of it and supervise and yeah. let whichever know. I don't want you doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, energy. Make sure you match uh, the energy. It kind of goes into the breed, but it also can be age-related, right? Sure. Um, also, let the dogs and cats be themselves. Right? If they're curious, let them be curious. Just supervise the heck out of it, right? Because right. if we start to create the interaction with tension and fear, guess what? The animals are going to pick up on that, right? And, and and contrarily, if we never allow them to have interaction face to face, then they'll never they'll never um, they'll never be close to each other. They'll 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 feel that they are two separate packs in the house. And we ultimately want everyone to be in one pack: humans and cats and dogs all together. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, if you can, I would say this is almost a must: separate their foods. Uh, sure. Put the cat put the cat food on the cat tree somewhere high up, so you don't create this conflict. Yeah, I've had plenty of dogs that go straight for the uh, for the cat bowl as soon as we walk into the the, the client's house. So yeah, dogs clearly like uh, like cat food. So I'd separate it for that reason alone. Well, but yeah, and that's that a good tip. Bring something else up to mind that I think I don't know if you've talked about this recently, but I always told my clients, uh, dog uh, clients, that is, is you know really also to prevent obesity, you shouldn't really be letting food just lay out all day long for your dog or your cat, right? But there, should, it, there should be a little bit of structure, right? But but they're not necessarily. There are a lot of breeds out there who will chow down. I couldn't leave food out for Red. I couldn't leave food out for um, uh, for for Vivian. I couldn't leave food out for 
um, for Ariel. So labs, cattle dogs, and gotcha. beagles that I've had, I would not leave food out. But I would say most of the shepherds that I've had, and I've fostered about three dozen over the years, most of the shepherds will free feed and regulate themselves well. But sometimes when you get a second dog in, even if it's the same breed, there can be some competition or they can they can become obese. So yeah, okay. I think I yeah. think there's something to keep in mind, but it's not a hard and fast rule. So I've I've always had, I guess ugh, dogs with crazy appetites and i always was sure told they be careful you're gonna get obese like i like for example my labs that i had when i was younger man you really couldn't leave food out but anyway yeah. that would that would also go a long way in preventing uh food conflict right because sometimes sure. people i think people feel like my dog is asking me for something it must be food their bowl's empty i'll feed them again even though i've already fed them so anyway just a little side note there that might help you yeah, a little tip yeah all right. Well, that was uh, that was cool. That was that was yep. fun. Um, and I, I will ask you to post pictures and oh, photos yeah. of your uh, of your cat, especially the little the young ninja guy of him. Oh and the yeah, yeah. Playing. Those are so funny. So, uh, yep. folks, go to go to YouTube, Good Dog Workshop on YouTube. Check out those those videos there. Uh, please subscribe to us. We've always got good videos up there. And like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us, please. And if you have any questions or comments about this video or anything we post on Facebook, please contact us on Facebook or uh, call us directly at 703-489-1319. Or you can always email to brian at Good Dog Workshop. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Carlos, thank you for joining me once again. No and Absolutely. we will see you all next time.